New music, you know what I'm saying? Nighttime vibes. Sunday night heat. We in this bitch. More music, more new music. More new music. Hold up, I nearly 
forgot something very important. This is a disclaimer. The Crimson Capsule Chapel is a podcast about awareness and self-development. Do not listen if you are weak-minded and easily offended. This podcast is from a red pill perspective. We go hard on 304 so you can understand their nature. Again, listen at your own discretion. Thank you and enjoy. Hey, Jersey Judah, and I'm back. This time it's Sunday night, so you know what that means. I'm back with another episode, a Sunday night heat edition of the Crimson Capsule Chapel. All right. All right. Honestly, I didn't feel like at first I didn't feel like doing this episode I did something earlier today, probably like seven hours ago, around one. I nearly forgot to upload that. Was able to upload it a couple hours ago, actually. And, you know, I had... After I'd done the afternoon episode, I played some Verdon which is a, a World War One first-person shooter, playing that for a little bit. Made some music, as you guys heard. Um, did a good amount of episodes. This will be the fifth episode of uh, The weekend, which isn't bad. I probably would have had six and seven if I kept the episodes that I did, like, last night, which wasn't a great episode, <laughs> honestly. I can't go without saying it that uh, alcohol is not really a great uh, component to podcasting, right? So I learned from that. Although I didn't, I didn't learn it from my end, so I'm good. But uh, I ended up laying down around like three thirty, and then I woke up at like five thirty, six o'clock. So I was like, okay, that's cool. Luckily, I have, you know, when I go back to work tomorrow, I go back two o'clock, no early morning shit, just like last week, back to business as usual. On this episode, man, very important episode because we have an interview or a segment, a small interview with Thomas Sowell. And this is Thomas Sowell recently. Um, If you've been paying attention, a lot of the episodes that I talk about with Thomas Sowell is mostly from his books. He rarely does interviews, so it's always good to see an interview with Thomas Sowell. We're going to be going through that, I believe. What do we got saved here? It's not work playlist. Uh, we got lefties losing it. 
once again, Sky News. This is actually a Fox, <laughs> pretty much a Fox slash Murdoch related episode because we got a clip from Sky News and then we got a clip from Fox that includes Thomas Sowell. We got lefties losing it. Um, this edition of lefties losing it involves Democratic uh, Democrat mayor spanked by drag queen at campaign event. So let's let's just jump right into it. This time, I, I'm telling y'all, I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. 19 minutes and nine seconds of content to go over. So let's start off with Sky News. Lefties losing it. Oh, let's start with a little Disney depravity. Here is Minnie Mouse twerking in front of uh, children. What the fuck? First of all, why? Yeah, hold up. Come on. God, what can you say about that? Cooning. Talking about depravity, let's have Cooning. a look at this lefty losing it. Here is Constantine Anthony. He's the mayor of Burbank, California. He's being spanked here by a drag queen at a Democrat campaign event on Great. the weekend. And they got the village people. Yo, y'all niggas is going to hell. Y'all niggas is going to hell. Fuck this. Y'all niggas are out of pocket. What the fuck is going on? My God. Wow. Wow, that's all I got to say. And I uh, guess what, so if that Democrat campaign event was promoted for ages 15 and up, charming stuff right there. <laughs> Talk about grooming the teens. You know, it's always been said that from the right point of view, um... The children would be groomed. The children would be uh, taught about homosexuality, about transgenderism. But yeah, we have events where drag queens are showing up and hey, 15 and older, come on in. Even if it's a drag queen or not, spanking someone. And here we go with this fucking audio again. I'm not going to be tolerating this. Will not be tolerating this tonight. That the mayor? Uh, call me a prude. And it's a big city. It's I not, think it's, it's inappropriate, Rachel. Can't they do that thing in their own home? Well, they could, but then it wouldn't be a Democrat campaign event then, would it? <laughs> now let's go to Sports Centre, who played this heartwarming footage of US Open champion Coco Gauff, but they seem a tad confused about what's happening now. <laughs> They described that scene. They said she took a moment to soak it all in after winning her first Grand Slam event. Now, so I may be an atheist, but even I can tell that lady was praying, possibly giving thanks for this wonderful win. Uh, are they too scared to even say the P word in a tweet? 
probably, Risha. I think you've picked up on this really well, where they are actually missing the whole point of yeah. what she was doing. There. If you're going to highlight it, if you're going to cut up a clip and put that up, at least say what's happening. Um, now, this is the opposite of a lefty losing it. It's an 11-year-old Alabama boy, Chris, who shot a home intruder and then mocked him for crying. Oh, shit. Someone had broken into his house. Gangster. Scared, Chris grabbed a 9mm handgun. When he was coming downstairs and told me he was going to kill me and F you all that. The intruder made it out uh -uh. the front door with a hamper in hand. As some Chris started firing off bullets. As the intruder was to jump this fence, Chris's 12th and final shot hit the bad guy in the leg. I <laughs> hamper that he was carrying. And it was, it was a full metal jacket bullet. Woo! Started dirtbagging him and was like, Ay, ay, ay. And he started crying like a little baby. Like a little baby bitch. That Gangster. Learned his lesson. Based. This little nigga's based. 11. Shooting niggas. Y'all, see, if this was Queens, New York, let's, forget, let's, let's just change the scenery. Change the scenery, the background, people, whatever. This ain't in Alabama. Let's say this happens in, I don't know, New York City. They would try to lock this 11-year-old boy under a fucking jail in New York. Not sweet home Alabama. When I pulled the gun out on him, I guess he didn't think it was a real gun because he didn't worry about it. He just kept on walking. Yeah. i got to say, I love an Alabama accent. Isn't that great? I could listen to that boy talk all day. Now let's go for a trip down me. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> oh, Australians. Lane to a lefty who has well and truly lost it. The question is, was Sean Penn always this loopy or did COVID break his brain? Oh, shit. You can't go around pointing a gun in somebody's face, which is what it is when people are unvaccinated. I have personally very little tolerance with those who don't. Once again, people. I want to explain and express something. The celebrities, the movie stars, the entertainers, the people you look up to <clears throat> are placed there by design to distract you <clears throat> and to spread propaganda. Oprah and The Rock gave an example with the Maui fire situation and now this guy Sean Penn I guess um, is spreading the vaccination propaganda get ready election time is coming exercise that common sense courtesy they have to look at their lifestyle I would like to see if we can just come up with an American mask to wear for the next 6 to 12 months at this point it seems wow. criminal to me actually someone chooses not to be vaccinated that they should choose to stay home not go to work not have a job you believe that everyone should get vaccinated I believe it should be mandatory like turning your headlights on in a car at night so I'll go back to Gaslit when I can be sure that the in 100 percent of the crew <laughs> talk about gaslit i mean you know once again these celebrities who live a fantastic extraordinary lifestyle wants to tell you how to live your life oh well they're a movie star you're gonna listen to them right right i mean really think about these people and just the audacity they have 
to live in their multi-million dollar homes. They're not affected by the inflation. They're not they're not affected by pretty much the recession that is taking place that Democrats don't want to use that word recession, but we should bring that back. But then again, that reminds them of another one of their favorite presidents, Obama's term and how things went with the economy and unemployment. Has gotten vaccinated. I would request that only vaccinated audiences have an opportunity to see this. Eventually, it will stream, and that's a better time for the unvaccinated to see it. I hope that audiences are drawn to Specifically, it. Specifically, I hope that vaccinated audiences are drawn to it. Now, it may be tempting to think that COVID is what broke Sean's tiny little brain, but he has long been a lefty losing it. Remember, he cozied up to Hugo Chavez, even joining the campaign trail uh, for the man who did so much to destroy Venezuela with his insane socialist policies. You remember, they turned that once prosperous South American nation to an impoverished hellhole where the citizens have been reduced to eating zoo animals. So, uh, Sean Penn, lefty losing it uh, recently or lifelong lefty losing it? I'd say longer than recently, but Rita, he should stick to making movies. How's that for a suggestion? Oh, some of those movies have also left a lot to be desired. (laughs) So, yeah, but I love how he's specifying which audiences should be seeing his movies and when. So, you know, the unvaccinated can stream it at some point and the vaccinated Yeah, see, that's... That's when the people have been following, worshipping, and idolizing these celebrities for too long. When you let... It's it's similar to, really, the politicians as well. Um, these celebrities are really no different than the politician. They are furthest away from the people. They have no relation to the common folk in this country. They live in their own special buildings and they have their own special groups of people who do not relate to the American people whatsoever. And they get to call the shots. They get to say what should be done, what shouldn't be done. And the people, the sheeple, the mindless wimps will follow anything that a celebrity tells them. Lefty's losing it. Sean Penn just like the rest. Just like the rest. All right. 21 minutes, close to 22 minutes in already. What the? That was only a five-minute clip. We now got Thomas Soul on Fox, I believe. And like I said, this is very important to me because you rarely see Thomas Sowell on television, especially recently. You rarely see him do interviews. I think he's like, I want to say he's like 90s. I want to say late 80s, early 90s, age-wise. Um, huge, huge influence. Huge influence. Um, it's a crime that, People don't know the name Thomas Sowell, especially people older than me. I think the people my age, I'm 34, going on 35, in a week, by the way. Um, We're starting to learn more about him. And I think it's due to sort of the lack of true information 
and insight from the older generation. And to hear him and to see him recently talk about the issues of the country. And I believe he's going over his book, Social Justice Fallacies. I believe this book is called Social Justice Fallacies. He has a slew of books, all of them resourceful. But the video we're going over is called Thomas Sowell to Levin on America Today, Real Danger. Fox clip, 13 minutes and 39 seconds. And without further ado, let's continue. This is our inaugural show for Saturday, and we have one of my great heroes, the great Thomas Sowell. Most of you know who Thomas Sowell is. He wrote columns for decades. He's written fantastic books. He's been a leader in the liberty movement for at least half a century. As far as- All right, one second. I just can't get enough of my shit just crapping out. I really can't. All right, let's continue. I'm concerned. And he's been warning the American people of tyranny, what tyranny looks like, creeping tyranny, aggressive tyranny. And from my perspective, we're sitting dab in the middle of it. And he's got this fantastic new book out, Social Justice Fallacies by Thomas Sowell. You can get it at Amazon.com or any major bookstore. It is a fantastic book. And I want to welcome you, Dr. Sowell. And let me just say this to you. Um... I've been following you since I was a little kid, not the date both of us, and you had an enormous impact on my life. In fact, you've had an enormous impact on the way I do this program. I remember you on with Bill Buckley and Firing Line, and and uh, you were a killer debater. Absolutely unbelievable. All that said, let me start it this way. Social justice fallacies. You started out like a, as a Marxist, as many young people do in colleges and universities. And it didn't take long for you to realize, wait a minute, this isn't all that it's cooked up to be. Was this social justice stuff and this inequality stuff, these terms, these ambiguities, did that have an impact on you first being a Marxist and then realizing, wait a minute, this is all BS? Yes, it did. And I I think there's a very simple explanation uh, that that as of the time I became a Marxist, I didn't know as much as I knew after several years of study and and observing things going on. And as as facts carried a lot of weight with me, uh, and when the facts kept going the wrong way, I realized that this this was not uh, going to do what uh, it claimed it was going to do. One of the big problems about the social justice uh, field is that what they say sounds so good. Uh, It's only after you study history that you find out just how bad, how horribly it actually turned out. Well, these phrases are very uh, nebulous. Social justice. What does that mean? Basically, uh, if you agree with the Marxists and the leftists, uh, then you support social justice. But on the other hand, if you support individuality and capitalism and private property rights, obviously you're anti-social justice. What does all this mean? Well, that's how that's how, that's how they look at it. 
Uh, they seem to assume a world in which if things don't, don't, don't turn out the same for everybody, that means that somebody has done somebody wrong. And that's an incredible uh, assumption that human beings have such enormous uh, control over, over their own fates individually or collectively. I mean, when I think back over my life, and I'm sure other people can do the same in their lives, there are times that a particular person appeared on the scene and changed the, the whole trajectory of my life. And it's happened more than once, and I'm sure it's happened in the lives of many other people. Uh, there's nobody, nobody out there who has all the incredible amount of knowledge required to take over making other people's decisions for them. Do you find that these radicals, these, these autocrats basically, this term social justice, do they really mean um, centralized government, redistribution of wealth, a permanent government that undermines representative government? Is, isn't this? I think personally, <clears throat> social justice is a concept that was implemented for pretty much this idea that it's like equality in a sense. Oh, everybody, you know, everybody should have the same opportunity. And on paper, it sounds good, right? Social justice has just became an excuse for people to go out of their way, stalk, harass, dox, and try to get people terminated or get people to lose their careers and jobs. That's social justice in a nutshell. Now, if you look at if you look at the effects, I mean, you know, cancel culture. I mean, these terms were around for years, but they're just brought up more today because it is the result of social justice. Really, the nomenclature for that. It, it, it is. And uh, if you realize what enormously high opinions uh, many of the intellectual elites have uh, of themselves, uh, you can see that, that what, what it boils down to is uh, very uh, intellectual people like themselves just simply preempting the decisions of other people in every aspect of their lives. Uh, one of the things that, that is astonishing to me now is that we're having this big debate about sex education in the schools. And uh, to me, uh, the, the question is, uh, what qualifies the people who are pushing this stuff to take over the roles of parents? Mm. Uh, this, 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 what's also very troubling is that this all came out during the COVID pandemic mm -hmm. when uh, students were studying at home and the parents got to see what, uh, what was being taught in the schools. Now, it so happens that 30 years ago, I wrote a book called Inside American Education in which all of this was, was laid out just exactly as it's happening now. Uh, the, the fraudulence of it, the appearance that this is uh, responding to what the students want. I can't imagine how many uh, uh, young people in, in, in the elementary schools especially uh, are saying that they are a boy but they want to be a girl or they're a girl and want to be a boy. I can't think of anybody in my whole lifetime well, who, who, who is saying things like that. And if you, and if you follow uh, the sort of institutional way these things are done, there are 
groups outside the school system and inside the school system who want to do this and who know that the parents don't want them to do it and they do it anyway and they pretend that they are responsible sponsoring responding to what the students want they're not uh, once i once i was at a, a, meet, a meeting of educators and uh, uh, while I was there, there was a man who was going around the country sell, selling a particular brainwashing program. And he showed me his uh, schedule. And he, and he was scheduled, oh my gosh, for every two or three days for months to, to be pushing this stuff in all the schools. And he mistook me if, as if he thought I was a, a school official. And he was regaling me with all of this. It's clear this is not a spontaneous thing. This is organized. And, is, and the the uh, tactics used are the tactics that were developed for brainwashing in communist countries. Mm. The book is Social Justice Fallacies by Dr. Thomas Sowell. And in fact, Dr. Sowell, critical race theory, the 1619 Project, these are really anti-knowledge, aren't they? They're really propaganda uh, devices for the hard left that are being you know, pushed in our classrooms, pushed in our society and so forth. Um, I remember, <clears throat> and I talked about this a while back, a couple years, maybe even three years back. Five years ago, I started working in this city, very known city in New Jersey, and I was working for the school district. And I remember going into one of the rooms because I was working, uh, what shift I was working? It was a, I was working 12 to eight, noon to eight at night, which wasn't bad. It was the best of both worlds because I had still a couple things that I could do when I got back home and whatever, whatever. But I remember going into this one room and um, I look on the whiteboard and it had Trump on one side and Obama on the other side. And it was as if the teachers asked the students, what are good things about Barack Obama and what are bad things about Donald Trump? And on Donald Trump's side, the first thing that it said was he's a racist. This is being taught <laughs> in the public schools. All right. You talk about propaganda. I mean, wow. One day I came in because it's an urban area, which is even worse. It's an urban area. So there's mostly blacks. They had BLM. They had BLM uh, drawings and shit around the entire school. They they are teaching these kids how to think instead of thinking for themselves. These attacks on the American system, do they promote equality? Do they promote uh, unity? Do they promote a melting pot society, or are they intended to destroy this culture? Clearly, it's the latter. And also, when you said it's, it's not just propaganda, it is propaganda that overtly prevents 
other views from being heard. If they were just propagandizing, but the students were allowed to learn other things as well, different ways of looking at life, that's one thing. But but anyone who, for example, there, there are people who've taught uh, academic courses on racial and ethnic issues at Harvard and other places uh, who just simply stopped teaching their courses because if, if they were saying anything that was different from what the propagandists were saying, you would have violence on the campus and so on, and the university administrators would not protect their classes. So they, they, they just stopped doing it. One of the great scholars in this area, the late uh, Stephen Thernstrom, uh, simply stopped teaching his course because uh, the, the, you had ignorance silencing knowledge. Ignorance silencing knowledge. Wow. And you write an entire section on knowledge. You break it down into different subsections. Um, let me ask you this. I don't even know if you watch news these days, but you're talking about what goes on in the classroom. Are we really a nation that's about knowledge now? Are we a nation that's about uh, substituting the language of the hard left for real words, substituting the thought process of people who really seek to find, quote unquote, the truth with, with ideology? What have we become on the whole? I mean, when I watch the news, all I hear is propaganda, surface level BS. Well, uh, yes, and uh, I, uh, that's the norm, unfortunately, in academic institutions, even the most prestigious. Uh, the entire Ivy League is, is, is uh, in that same, uh, same mode. That uh, people who, uh, it scares me because you have people like, say, Heather McDonald or Charles Murray will come on a campus, and they do so at, at physical risk to themselves. And, uh, and, and again, the, the authorities do nothing. Uh, I've, I've been, because uh, I, 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 I don't normally go, go to those things anyway, but I've been on in some of them where they had the police all around, the doors all locked, and people outside banging on the windows and doors just to, enter, to disrupt uh, the, the talk that's going on inside. Uh, I, I remember back in 1969, this has been going on a long time, and it's, it's it's so sad that uh, it's taken us so long to, to become aware of it. 1969, students at Harvard uh, went into the administration building, seized it, uh, went into the personnel records, and were passing out all the personal information for the faculty and other things to the media and so on. Wow. Uh, the president of Harvard called in the police. The, the Harvard faculty uh, gave a vote of no confidence to the president. He resigned. And I think uh, after that, other presidents decide that the way is to get along is have preemptive surrender. And that's been really developed into an art. You've been studying our country for a very long time. The history, economics, philosophy, you covered the whole horizon. 40 years ago, 50 years ago, today. Is the country in a better position today than it was half a century ago, or is it in a worse position today? Oh, much worse, much worse. The silencing of the other side uh, has now become much more pro prominent. Uh, and uh, the, the real danger is not in the silly ideas that are being uh, promoted, it's in the fact that nobody else is allowed to re reply to them without some danger to themselves. 
Do you see in this country a growing police state? I don't necessarily mean a police state like you'll see in these aggressive fascist or Marxist regimes, but sort of slowly but surely, like you're talking about controlling the language, which controls thought and activity, uh, this massive censorship that judges have now ruled on by this administration. You can see the uh, politicization of the Department of Justice and so forth. Mm -hmm. Well, let me put it to you this way, a more fine point. Are we a free country today? I remember Mises once saying that Americans talk like Marxists. Are we, are we a free country today or are we a country on the precipice of losing our freedom? I think the latter. It's hard for me to see uh, just how, how we're going to come out of this, uh, especially uh, when people who are so willing to increase the powers of government don't seem to understand that it doesn't matter for what purpose you gave them that power, uh, which may have been good purposes. Uh, once they have that power, they can use it for whatever they, 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 they want. Uh, you know, the, the, the Federal Reserve System was set up, for example, to uh, pre prevent uh, runaway inflation or, or runaway deflation or, or bank failures. And the, the, the intellectuals were 100% behind that. But the cold fact is that there's been more deflation as in during the Great Depression and more inflation for, for, for decades on end and more bank failures that ever occurred prior to the setting up of the Federal, uh, Federal Reserve System. Damn. But the Federal Reserve System, for example, uh, can, can uh, force people to do things they don't want to do just because they have the power to, to hold up what their, what their decisions are. And so the power created for one, one purpose is then used for some different purpose. When FDR took the, the United States off the gold standard, he used the law passed during the First World War to prevent trading with enemy nations. But once the power was there, you could use it for anything you wanted to. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Hey, click here to subscribe. Hey, yo, good clip. Good clip. You know what's you know what's interesting, and who knows? People, some people just don't know. I don't know. I don't claim to know about these things. But I do believe if you control money, you control the entire scheme of things. The Federal Reserves print money. This is this has been sort of a known thing, whether it's solid or not. It's noteworthy. They print money. So that means anytime there's an inflation, those are the only people who don't break a sweat. As long as the dollar still stands where it's at, even though it's valued not as much as it used to be for obvious reasons. And the agendas that they set, even with the, the gold standard thing, I mean, you, you guys know the agenda with that. Even today, uh, people like Muammar Gaddafi was taken out because he wanted to stop dealing with Americans and their currency, and they were going to go by gold standard. Um, this country, to say that this country is still, I mean, it's the land of the free, <laughs> but the people who are outside of the country coming in are granted more freedoms and benefits than the people who live here. So it's it's to be said that knowing everything we know, 
um, even with the last video when they talked about Venezuela and how Venezuela was a thriving country in South America and how the socialists came in and implemented their laws and pretty much took care of themselves and took care of the higher ups and let the let those in the bottom fight for scraps. This is what this country is secretly becoming. People don't want to hear this and people are terrified of it, but it's right in their faces, man. It's right in their faces. Very little people are, are catching on. It's it's always a treat to hear Thomas Sowell, especially recently, man. The guy is still kicking ass writing books. And um, truly an inspiration should be heard by every black person who knows about. If you know about somebody like Mal, uh, Martin Luther King or Malcolm X, then you should learn a thing or two when it comes to Thomas Sowell, for sure. And no, he's not a race, he's not a uh, race baiter, he's nothing like that. Um, brief history, he started off as a Marxist, ended up getting a job for, for the government, and then after a short period of time, he began thinking and, and being more conservative. <clears throat> and he's lived through decades and a person like that still living with so much information and knowledge. Um, it's like I said, it's a crime. This man is not mentioned as much, especially by the blacks. But anyway, I was going to wrap this episode up. And I realized, hey, I got another video. So what I'm going to do is we got Doc Rich. All right. Whispers are growing. People are suspicious. People have been suspicious about a man named Joseph Biden. Who's pulling the strings? Because a lot of people, including myself, I don't believe that it's just Biden doing things. I think other people are in control. Some people would say Barack Obama. Other people will say Gavin Newsom is throwing, you know, giving a couple of words of advice and encouragement for Biden to do what he's been doing. I think with the whole trans move that Biden's been doing, Knowing how Biden felt about same-sex marriage at one time, that can be a clue that Barack Obama's behind, you know, a lot of the, the strategies. They're poorly executed because you have a person who don't know what day it is executing the plan. So it's not going to go well. But people have their, you know, they, they have their assessments. And I've made my assessments throughout the time. Um, I heard Michelle Obama, she wrote a book. And in the book, she was saying something about running for president. And this idea that with her running, it will just be this refreshing feeling. It's the taste of, you know, the Obama administration. It's the wife of Barack Obama. She's black. So using her would be a perfect tool for the Democratic Party 
because all of the race baiting, they wouldn't have to do as much race baiting. All they got to do is say uh, Michelle Obama's running instead of Joe Biden and all these black leftoid zombies will just go voting away. But let's get down to the nitty gritty. Last video I was supposed to make this short. What can I say? We talking politics. So without further ado, let's continue. Back at it again. And you know things are getting really interesting when other countries are even starting to talk about it. Like, share, comment, hit that subscribe button if you are new. And big shout out to everyone that always stops by and shows so much love and support. Everyone that always comments on every single video. As you guys know, I typically do read through the comment section as I'm sure you guys have seen. I typically just like the comment, right? As I'm just kind of skimming through because um, there's so many. If I stopped and replied to everyone on every single comment, it would take me literally forever. <laughs> but I do read through the comment section. I greatly appreciate all of your insights and input, you know, um, that I ask for in the comment section. I mean, it, it, it's 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 amazing the amount of love and support you guys show, man. Thank you. Shout out to everyone that likes the, the videos. I mean, I, I see those comments. Hey, I always stop by and hit the like button. Hey, I appreciate every single last one of y'all, man. All right. 30 more seconds and I'm fast forward. Everybody that shares the videos, I mean, thank you, thank you, thank you. Every Everyone that contributes in any way, shape, or form, thank you. I really do appreciate you guys, all right? But with all that being said... All right, let's get it. Let's dive in. If you're a regular viewer of the U.S. Report, you know that one of the big meaning-of-life questions we try to answer every week is just who the hell is running the show at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue? Well, now we seem to be for for those of you that don't know, this is Australian news. This is the new this is a, a news channel in Australia. Sky the land down under. A little bit Is it Sky News? Because we just listened to <laughs> that'd be great. I think this actually is Sky News, Australia. Closer to an answer. Because first things first, it is definitely not this guy. <laughs> I think this nigga is trying to, uh, Joe Biden's trying to get off stage. What a fucking, like, yo, people, like, yo, yo, like, Democrats, I'm not Doc Rich. Doc Rich, he wants to bring people together. Me, I want to stay far away from these Biden supporters as possible. What were y'all thinking? Voting this man in office. He doesn't know how to get off the stage. He can't get up a flight of stairs without falling. What's the deal? Now, what you just saw was another bit of Biden weirdness as the president abruptly walked out of a Medal of Honor ceremony this week before the. Oh, yeah. Do y'all know about that? Y'all remember that, right? Guys getting a Medal of Honor, you know. We should definitely be supporting. And giving our highest regards to military those that sacrifice their lives for the safety and security of this country. 
Joe Biden decides, hey, you know what? I think it's over. It's just time to walk off. Just like while the guy is getting in the metal, literally. <coughs> Guys getting the metal put on him. This man just starts walking. He just walks off stage. Just walks off stage. Just keeps walking. Walks through the entire crowd. Like the guy's a fucking idiot. Final benediction was offered. Guess he didn't have any of those handy dandy presidential note cards around. You know, the ones that say, you sit here. You stand there. You, Mr. President, don't leave until the ceremony is over or you don't get any ice cream. Wow. Anyway, naturally. That is sad, man. I I get having. Yeah, see that. It sounds funny. And trust me, it is funny. And if this is, is a, if this is a Sky News, and shout out to Sky News, we just went over Sky News in the first segment called "Lefties Losing It." Um, it's it's funny until you know that other countries think the same. Australia is still within Western culture as well as the UK. So. Although we are very different, we are also very similar. For one, our dialogue. Most of us in the West speak English. When you look at countries outside of America and they feel the same way, like, hey, why would these Americans vote such an idiot into office? The people, even before Trump got out, People actually feared America. These people that been getting away with fucking us over with the trade deals and all this shit, they were scared shitless of Trump. Scared shitless. Biden, it's like, hey, this is a field day. Everybody want to take advantage of America now. Everybody wants to team up against America now. Something to think about. It's funny... And so other countries see what's going on and they understand it. Some of the people outside of the country knew that Trump was a better president and they didn't even live in the country. A speech on the thing. I'm sure a lot of folks do it and have done it, especially Democrats. Right. If you whatever, whatever you hear a speech from Democrats, you always 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 see them looking down reading off of some piece of paper that's here's a secret doc um it's not just democrats let's just be honest i'm not a republican like i gotta keep telling people i'm not a republican i'm not a republican i'm not a republican i am a right-wing black radical all right i don't fit the republican description I barely fit the conservative description, but I only have conservative views. That being said, Democrats read off the teleprompter. Republicans read off the teleprompter. It doesn't matter. They're all establishment. The rhino Republicans read from their little fucking teleprompter. Look at Chris Christie. He can barely see his feet when he walks. He's a bum. He's fat. He's from Jersey and he's an embarrassment. Like, what 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 have we done in New Jersey to deserve such a piece of shit like Chris Christie? Really? But the whole teleprompter, everybody writes notes. People like Trump, 
get away with being charismatic. That's all. Trump is a charismatic individual, right? The best thing that he did was run for president because it showed off his charismatic appearance and his charismatic approach when it comes to certain issues. A Democrat would have a press conference. It's boring. Nobody's watching it. Like, what does this guy want? I remember when Obama was doing speeches, I used to watch like, and I'm being, I'm being honest with y'all. When I was like, oh, Obama's a, he's black, he's president. That's what's up. I would watch some of his speeches and be just disappointed. Like he had no energy. He had the walk though. Got to give it to Obama with the walk. Definitely had to strut. Pause. Definitely had to strut. Definitely, definitely meant business when it came to the walk. When it came to the talk, rolling up those sleeves and getting things done, he didn't have what it takes. And I'm a black. All right. I'm black. Trump. Like him. Hate him. When it's time to get shit done, he's rolling up his sleeves and he's getting the business. Oh, yeah, we got we got we got Trump here in this mugshot. And all these, all these fucking lunatic liberals just celebrating. Oh, I can't believe it. This is great. I'm going to get a t-shirt. It backfired. All the Trump supporters now have the mugshot on a t-shirt. Liberals, do you want to identify with us? You don't want to look like us. No, we put Trump, we put the mugshot on a t-shirt to show y'all that he's untouchable. This nigga's a thug. All right. He's a problem. The establishment created Trump. That and that's see that right there is the mind-blowing part about it. Trump could have very well been one of the establishment if he had done things the way that everybody else does. Kiss ass. You know, do what's do what's told to you and go along to get along. Trump's like, "Man, I don't need these niggas. Fuck these motherfuckers." And he started exposing the deep state. He started exposing the establishment. And he don't hold any punches. This is why, um, you know, liberals, especially political liberals, this is why they hate Trump. Like I said before, he's not. it's not that he's dumb. It's not that he doesn't know what he's talking about. He knows what he's talking about. And Tucker Carlson said it best where he's more dangerous with the things that he says. Because he knows these people. He's the only person outside of politics getting into politics that knows the politician. He's essentially seen both sides of the aisle. He's done business with with the Clintons at one time. So he's been in both sides of the aisle. This is not a secret. In all actuality... Trump would pretty much be a center left politician if if things were ran the way it should have been ran. But the Democrats took over and turned America into fucking the Manana Republic. We'll jail the last ruler. We'll, we'll put the last ruler's head on a stake. We'll show it to the world. This is what happens when you cross us and they continue with the Biden regime. Not going to happen. 
somebody else prepared for them. I mean, it, it, it's insane. And also, I think that's one of the things that people liked about Uncle Trump as well. You know, uh, I'm, I'm sure he did have a speechwriter, but it felt as if he wasn't always reading, you know, a prepared speech. It felt as if he- that's because he is charismatic. That's that's what I mean by being charismatic. Some people don't need speeches. Some people just need bullet points. Some people are just good at speaking to a point where they don't need five line, five or six lines or, or three paragraphs written down on a piece of paper. They just need four or five solid talking points written down. That's it. It's almost like a brainstorm exercise, right? You write down one topic, it turns into a bubble. You write about that topic, you turn, it turns into another bubble. You get deeper into the subject. You don't need things written down word to word to express yourself. We as human beings are too advanced. Sometimes you write something down and when you say it, 10 more, 20 more things come, come to mind because your brain is constantly generating better ways to go about saying and doing something, or at least my brain. I don't know how other people function, but when you got Trump, okay, he's going to write border patrol, um, the wall, the economy, unemployment, mail-in ballots. That was Trump 2020. He didn't need speeches and he spoke facts and people listened not many politicians on either side of the aisle can do that successfully. Just speaking from the heart, you know, uh, a lot of the time. And uh, I think people people respect that and, and, and love that. It, it felt genuine whenever he was saying things. Right. Um, so, man, <laughs> you got the president of the U.S. that has a note card that's literally telling him you sit here you speak for two minutes you (laughs) that is sad man that is sad which is why um we need term limits and uh i i think we should have a cognitive test it has nothing to do with it honestly i think this is a petty way about going about it i think the american people know that them choosing biden was a terrible idea not when it just comes to policies, but how he's literally doing things. So the whole, yeah, he's too old thing. That's fine. Until you realize, well, Trump is four years younger. So is it really an age thing? No, it's not. Common sense. But sense isn't so common. So, you know. Trump is four years younger than Joseph Biden. Why am I saying this? Well, you know, if you ever notice, Trump kind of slowed down with talking about how slow and, you know, fuck. He still talks shit about Biden, but he doesn't do it as much as he used to. Because somebody must have told him, like, you may want to slow down on that, sir. You're four years younger than him. So by so with this logic, if he were to win and he makes a small mistake, then those on the left can say, well, you're doing the same thing that Biden would done. And they they would compare him because he's not that younger than Biden. 
He's just more energetic. He's more charismatic and he's more of a leader. Age, you know, because, you know, people people like to um, throw in the age factor. I don't I don't I don't I don't subscribe to that. I don't subscribe to, hey, because you're 90, you, you're not allowed to, you know, run for office. No, I, I believe, hey, if you're 100, you can run for office Look, man, as long as you can perform. Look, they had people in the Bible that lived to be like fucking 125, 130 years old. And these people were working and these people were still doing shit. In the good book. It's just we don't see that as a possibility because we live in a hellhole. That's right. The United States of America is officially a third world country. We have enough people outside from other third world countries coming in to America that it's going to become a third world country. This has nothing to do with race. I'm a black person, by the way. But this will happen. This, this is currently happening. So the America that you've learned about, maybe, or for some of us, the America that we grew up in, it's no more. So get ready. These new people are already here. Um, you know, and it's not we you don't you shouldn't be mad at those people. Be mad at the people that are allowing it to take place. The job, as long as you can do your job, if you're 100 years old and hey, you can you can go from here to there to over there and do this and do that interview, and do that interview and sit in the you know Congress and you know handle your business there or whatever else. Like, by all means, I don't care if you're 200. Right. As long as you can do the job. That's all that matters to me. You can do the job. And um, I think it's clear, you know, Joe can't do the job. I think that's very clear. And a few other folks can't either. Karina Jean-Pierre was there to play cleanup. Oh, yeah. He left as planned, as it was planned. Uh, he left uh, when there was a pause. This is the dumbest woman that they've ever selected to represent the Biden administration or to represent any administration. I remember uh, Catherine. No, it's not Catherine. Uh, Kathy forgot the one woman. She was a white. She white. She was with the uh, she was with the Trump administration and she came out. She had blonde hair. Looked like a typical, typical, uh, like sort of a Midwest white woman. Right. Very attractive. Very easy on the eyes and was fierce. You know, she was pointing out the hypocrisies and she was doing all that type of shit. Very great. Uh very, very well-spoken, um, very respected, especially with her way of handling these reporters, especially with the whole COVID situation that was going on three years prior. This woman that they chose, this black woman, she a black, I think she a black lesbian. They got to choose, you know, the black. It got to be like two minorities. All right. She's a lesbian and she's black. All right. She's hired. It's like it's like Biden, you know, Biden realistically did not want to choose Kamala Harris, but he's seen the opportunity that was in front of him. Like, wait, this is a woman of color. She kind of looks black. She kind of doesn't. Wasn't she fucking Montel Jordan? OK, this is the one. It's all it takes. 
right? It's like it's like we're not born under a fucking rock. You know what I'm saying? It's all it takes. But you get this woman here, man, and she is a idiot. In the program, in order to minimize, to minimize his close contact with attendees uh, who are uh, who are about to participate in a reception. Minimize contact, you say. Well, it's another day, another dollar for the hardest working woman in show business. It wasn't the dementia. What did it? It was COVID. Yeah, that's the story, honestly. So that's the question then. If Joe Biden isn't running things, well, who is? And whispers have been growing that the guy really pulling the strings is this man. Barack Obama. <laughs> now, observers have noted that for Confirmed. some time, the former president has been acting... Confirmed. Many of people have been saying this now. Confirmed. Behind the scenes, like, well, been a string puller. After the Obama's time in the White House was over, and because being a lifetime public servant pays so well, the Obamas bought this mansion in Washington, D.C. Price tag, 8.1 million U.S. dollars. Sheesh! 8.1 mil! Mm, 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 mm. Must be nice. You know what? Maybe I need to become a politician because uh, 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 apparently these politicians know something that know something that we all don't because they all get money. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of joking. Yeah, and, and it's the people like Barack Obama who is spreading a lot of the racial propaganda himself. Barack Obama is a classical. He. Well, he's not classical in this in that sense, but he is like a grassroots socialist slash communist. And all of the all of the so-called radical right wing Republicans, they were right about Barack Obama. Um, he, he doesn't love the country. He doesn't love God. Um, he is rumored and an alleged homosexual behind the behind closed doors. There has been stories that's been surfacing for I don't know how long now. And these are stories that surface from Barack Obama in office of people trying to come out and expose uh, Barack Obama, but unfortunate circumstances had happened to them, allegedly. But it isn't really much of a surprise when you have people who are already saying that like I said, I just used a small example, right? Just to let y'all know, I know what I'm talking about. When you had Joseph Biden go on Fox and tell Fox that himself and Barack Obama do not support same-sex marriage, they will not make it happen. <clears throat> and then the next thing you know, Obama legalizes same-sex marriage. And then years later, with Biden in office, he's now a trans activist. Does these thoughts change overnight or were they all strategies Were somebody there? And this is where I talked about before with the thought leaders. Obama was a thought leader and the thought leaders are very dangerous because the thought leader only controls what you think. The thought leader will tell you that there is hope and change on the way. (laughs) 
the thought leader will tell you that. He will use slogans. And that's why I'm not a fan of the whole MAGA thing, make America great. I'm not a fan of slogans in general. So no disrespect to Trump on that, but I'm just not a fan of it. It's the same with the hope and change. And, you know, people see Trump, they see Obama. And because they identify with him on a racial level or on an appearance level, they believe this man is there for their best interest. And these people found out the minorities, the blacks, the Hispanics, everybody besides the gays found out that Obama was not there for their best interest. Hell, he wasn't really even there for the country's best interest. And look, on top of that, this is what I say about thought leaders when you have Barack Obama spreading racial propaganda about white supremacy and the problems of this country while living the life that most black people in this country will never even see. They won't even know fully about it. They wouldn't have dreamed of the locations where these people go to for a vacation and things of that nature. But they use the thoughts, they use the emotions of the people to control their own narrative. Obama's been doing that for eight plus years. The blacks, the blacks, the black liberals, they don't they don't want to recognize that. Because that's Barack Obama, that's the first black president. So they support him no matter what. And these are the people that easily fell for the strategy of Joe Biden and which damage their communities, bring more illegals into their communities, bring more inflation into their communities and bring more debt to our society. We all know what it is that they do. Um, so I'm kind of joking here. Before y'all run to the conversations like Rich, hey, they, they do, you know, they do the insider trading, you know, like I'm joking a little bit, right? <laughs> but uh Part of it is actually kind of serious. Like, my goodness. I mean, the, 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 these folks are apparently becoming millionaires off of, you know, 100 and 200,000. What, what, what is the salary? It's like between like 100 and 200,000, right? Uh, Look at Nancy Pelosi. Um, Nancy Pelosi is up to like 225, but somehow net worths of like the millions. You, you got to understand that there's a game that the politician plays with the people. The best analogy that I can come up with is the Monopoly board. We as the people, we as regular average earnings, some a little above average, a lot below average earners in this world only represent a board piece to these people in power. The blacks, the whites, your race doesn't put you in a higher or lower um a higher or lower spot because these people operate on a different level. They don't even identify with race. That's why when you see the Jews in power and fuck it, I'm going to talk my shit. That's why when you see these Jews in power, they don't look at white people as their people. If they're not Jewish, they're not their people. It's a lot of tribalism and true tribalism. When you talk about the real Jews, the 12 tribes, and other connections, you know, to the Jews, it's always been tribalism. But these people, 
whatever you want to call them, Zionists, whatever the fuck you want to call them. I'm not saying it. I'm just throwing it out there. These people operate on a different playing field. So even even to an extent of poor Jewish kids or poor Jewish people, he don't give a fuck about them. He cares about his self-interest and the interests of his people. The people around him can be black. The people around them can be white. The people around them can be Hispanic. They don't. The thing about the thing about the Jews is, and it's something that I admire about the Jews, and really the old Jews, the Jews that went through just heinous attacks and the concentration camps and all that shit. They all networked. They have a networking process. Even back in the day, when you talk about the creation of Hollywood, who created Hollywood? Just some regular white dude in, in a basement somewhere in Beverly Hills? No, the Jews came in and made Hollywood what it was. So before somebody goes out there and say I'm being anti-Semitic, I'm not. I'm just telling y'all what it is. They operate on a different playing field. It's just like these politicians. Their job is to give you, to put you at ease and make you believe that these guys are actually caring and considerate about the average American people. Some people are obvious. They obviously are affiliated with the top earning percentage. They don't care about the average people. They don't want to pay taxes. And niggas like Trump ain't guilty because he was just saying how it was. Everybody else in his level takes advantage of taxes just like he did. The fuck do I care about uh, that situation? But the people who get to these spots in these positions, they are further driven away from the regular American citizen, black, white, whoever, working, productive in society, American citizen. They cannot relate. Like I said before, time and time again, the limousine liberal, the cookie cutter conservative, they cannot connect to the regular people, to, to the American people like that. They are only in like their bar. They're in their club and their club consists is their club consists of four or five people. Nobody can really go into their club. They have to be sort of introduced. It's like the mafia. Right. And in the mafia in New York. And I, I'm just a huge I, I'm just I wouldn't say a fan, but I am I am pretty much a fan of the history of the five families and the families in Jersey and the Philly mob and um, in places like AC guys like Phil Leonetti guys like little Nicky and all these all these Italians and shit that ran shit at the time when they go in public. They are they're known. They're all known for doing the same shit, but they're not the same. Even though they are Italians, they're not the same. Their families separate them from other known families. So maybe this time around, everybody's cool. All the families are cool. Everybody can come up, parlay, go to each other's uh, spots, dice games, whatever. Chill out. No problems. No static. Nothing. Other times, the Gambinos may have a problem with the Bananos. 
So if you're a Bonato, you don't want to go in the uh, Howard Beach area during that time because you know a lot of the Gambinos ran the area. That's the tribalism that I'm talking about. It can be broken down politically just from Democrat to Republican on a political or social level. There's people who are more social Democrats than actual Democrats, meaning they vote Republican, but they're not really beat for arguing, going back and forth. Yeah, people should have their right to do whatever they want, so on and so forth. But they have their personal beliefs of why they're voting and who they're voting for. Some people are more um, socially political. Where it's like, all right, I stand where I stand. Which is opposite of most people where they stand. Now, it's not to be, it's not to be like purposely outspoken or even to cause a ruckus, right? It's not even that. It's just me saying, if you're looking at, if you're looking at this from a Trump is a racist perspective, then there's really nothing to talk about. I don't want to talk to people like that because some of those people that point out what's racist and what's not racist do the most racist shit themselves. And they're upset and even angry when you point out the hypocrisies of what they say, mostly liberals. Our salary, just becoming millionaires. I mean, this stuff is incredible. I, I, I need to learn what they're doing. I, I need to get some financial advice because <laughs> I'm doing stuff wrong. <laughs> This is some BS, man. It's some BS. Sheesh. A little tension there. This Hold up. This is a weird question I'm going to ask, but the reason why I ask this is if I were to ever make a fortune in life, this is what I would probably do with my money. Whether it's legal or illegal, I don't give a shit. I wouldn't do nothing that's legitimately sketchy. I would give I would give a large sum of cash to other countries, allied countries, of course, to invest in property and invest in businesses of that area. I will then help them, if not build it entirely myself, have someone else who's a professional of that area scout and get people to work in that area and then gather like fucking 50, 60 percent of the revenue. I would do that in four or five countries. I would get that money on the side of anything that I was doing in life. Is that illegal? I'm only asking because it sounds it sounds sketchy. Like, yeah, I take my money. I have I have a large sum of cash. So just out of the blue, I go to like the Philippines. Hey, I want to build this store. This store is going to be a discount store for the people in the Philippines. It's going to be for my money. Nobody else is involved. It's just me. I'm the guy you go to. They say, cool, cool. Build the area. Hire someone locally. You scout the people. You run the building. You get a percentage. I'm taking a 50 cut. And anything else that goes to the revenue or goes to the employees. Cool. I do that in five countries. I become a politician, though. Right now, I become a politician. 
I'm doing shit and people bring up that. Is that illegal? Is that sketchy? To me, that's a fucking genius idea. Of course, there's probably got to be some exchange, but I think I'll be able to do everything electronically. So I'd get all the money wired to me like a Don, just be at the house, scratch my balls all day. Fucking I get an alert. 500,000 just hit the account. All right, it's time to go shopping. Like, you know, something like that. But I want to know, is that would that be considered sketchy if someone I just explained my scheme and what I would do? If I had a large sum of cash, because with me, I'm about the window of opportunity. Once that bitch is cracked open, I'm busting through it. You see what I mean? And besides the currency exchange and all that, it would just make so much sense to go other places. Get people build build property in their area, get them to run it. I'm not right. I'm not going. I'm not even staying there. I'll get a house. I'll get enough money and get a house in that area, in the Philippines, and in other places around the world. But that would be my claim to fame. Low key, too. Every now and then, I come in places like, hey, y'all niggas need money. All right, I'll drop off 200000 Here you go. And keep it pushing. I don't think it's philanthropy. I don't think I'm being a philanthropist. I think it's just me being, you know, based. Would that be illegal, though? One more time. I'm going to say it again. If I decided I'm getting into politics, cool. I'm in politics. I'm talking about this and that, what needs to be done. But I'm not just talking about it. I'm being about it, right? But then some information comes out. Like, hey, man, you know, this guy had money in foreign countries building property and making money from foreign property or some dumb shit. They'll try to use something stupid on me. Something fucked up. I'm like, man, fuck that. They put Harley Davidson, I think, in India or some shit. I think. Wasn't it India or somewhere else? They had to move Harley Davidson. Like, it's Harley Davidson. That's United States. America. Uh, motorcycles. That's America. What are they doing out there? What the... Niggas is tweaking, man. This shit is this shit is ridiculous. It's broke for the long-standing tradition that U.S. presidents, when they're done, go home, like Reagan to California or Harry S. Truman to Missouri. But Obama, not so much, because again, when Trump came to power in 2016, Obama was in no mood to leave town. Remember, the effort to stop Trump through the bogus Russiagate hoax yep. came straight out of the Obama White House and the Bingo. See, that's something that's that's very interesting that I don't hear a lot of people point out. Every other president, this includes George W. Bush. This includes Bill Clinton. When they left office, they left the area. Like, oh, all right, it's time to go back and, 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 and enjoy normal life as much as they can possibly do it. Bush Bush is one of the people you don't even hear about anymore. He rarely pops his head up. 
Obama's the only person that has been actively in media doing doing books. The wife is doing books. They're back and forth on radio. They got podcasts, television interviews. They're still out there as if they're running for president. Who's to say? But I'm just saying. It is safe to say that we as a country are very fortunate to have only the four to eight year terms. Because if these people were able to be reelected, people would vote for Obama again in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. The enthusiasm. And let me just give you all an example. The growing enthusiasm that a lot of the blacks have for Trump now would have probably been 20 times bigger if Obama could run again the next election. I'm telling you, that's just it's the truth. It's the reality. Some people did not learn from the previous administrations. The campaign which decided to paint the Republican as an agent of Moscow to novel his chances of becoming president. Now, Hillary's campaign may have paid for the Steele dossier, but it was Barack Obama's CIA director, John Brennan, who in November and December of 2016 helped elevate Russiagate from a failed Clinton campaign ploy to a priority of the American national security apparatus. And he did this, you remember, with a hand-picked team of CIA analysts under his direct control who validated his thesis. As biographer David Garrow said, quote, if Brennan was the instrument, the person who signed the executive order that turned Brennan's thesis into a time bomb under Trump's desk was Barack Obama, unquote. And obviously he wanted to be around to see it go off. Now, the effort to get rid of Trump ultimately wouldn't succeed until 2020. But of course, having an adult president like Joe Biden, who literally used COVID as an excuse to campaign from his basement, Uh gave Obama all the more reason to hang around D.C. You know, and I believe this, this is one of the theories that I had about the 2020 election, besides it being rigged, allegedly, right? One of the things that hurt it, that that actually was a problem with Trump was when Trump got COVID-19. He got COVID-19 while campaigning and doing what he can to secure his spot for another four years. Biden, although looked at as a cowardly move, I consider it a cowardly move, wound wound it up being his best option going forward. And this is what I mean. You have the Biden that you have now stuttering, fumbling, mumbling, tripping everywhere, sliding Joe Biden, not making as much appearances in 2020. Was there a reason behind it? Sure. He doesn't know which way the stage is. He can't properly get up a flight of stairs. He's incoherent. He makes words up. He's a fucking embarrassment. But 
him playing the safe route and saying, hey, there's a problem, a huge pandemic going on. And for my safety and the safety of the American people, I'm going to try to do things, you know, Zoom meetings, Zoom calls, this guy, which honestly, which sounds cowardly at the time, that was his best strategy. Because when Trump ended up getting Corona, they were all able to sit back and go, well, you had all of these people in your rallies. You had this going on. You had that going on. And I think that was one of the things that hurt Trump. For one thing, he was able to put his people into the executive branch because, as they say in Washington, personnel is policy. That's another way of saying that who you appoint determines how you govern. And as a result, the Biden administration is still quite consciously and by design loaded with Obama appointees. Many people have called it a third Obama term. More than 60% of Biden's original official cabinet were Obama appointees. Former Obama-era Secretary of State John Kerry now uses his wife's private jet to fly around the globe to tell us all to eat less meat. Biden Secretary of State, F. For those of you that don't know, uh, John Kerry got called out for, uh, you know, pushing all this environmental awareness stuff. Of course. While. John, come on, man. What's the. (coughs) Am I like. I don't get it. Or was it him, Al Gore, all these other guys? They've been sort of tree hugging, hippie liberal behind the scenes, like mega corporate type people like they it's a front in other words oh well you know this whole climate control shit it's just another kickstart for some of these old timers man they should just sit the fuck down they gotta use weak talking points they gotta use a racial divide they gotta use white supremacy they gotta use immigration they gotta pander to get some spotlight you know, and it's and it's sickening. You can easily see it. Climate control? Really? Okay, whatever. It's like how how long do people sit back and say, Yeah, this is totally happening. But yeah, this this totally makes sense. Totally not an issue. And the people that, like I said, like the the lefties losing it, you know, these fossil fuel protesting motherfuckers deserve to get punched in the face, get bricks thrown at them. I don't like these people. I don't. I don't give a fuck. Get out of the road. I wish. I wish that shit was going on in my area. Where people were just sitting in the middle of the road while people were trying to get to work. Nigga, I'm catching a body. Fuck that. Fuck these people. Like, how self-centered do you really have to be to cause traffic with your bullshit cause and your agenda? Go fuck your mother. Flying on a private jet while owning a private jet. And somebody called him out like, hold on, wait, don't you own a private jet? Like, don't those pollute? Yeah, that's old shit. Yeah, that's old information. They're all hypocrites, dude. Like, what's the big deal? I don't know why these people are so surprised. It's like Bernie Sanders. Everybody says, oh, man, Bernie Sanders really cares about the people and, you know, borderline socialism, communism. 
But he was one of those guys. And I give him credit for this. But it's almost a backhanded compliment. He made me realize how many white people were actually like liberal, Marxist, borderline communists. I had no idea. I always thought growing up that white people were the super American people and white people cared about the country and they cared about the Constitution and they care about all these things, the laws. These people are fucking godless. They don't love the country. They don't they don't love God. They don't love the Constitution. They want to rewrite the Constitution. They want to rewrite history. They want to take away the Confederate flag. They want to take away the history of the Civil War. Right? They want to take away the information that made us the people that we are today. And by them doing that, they recreate us. They say, well, you're oppressed. And it's like, no. I'm not. I be around white people broke. White people bummy as fuck. I start and shit on them on accident. What the? But I'm like the I'm like the the outliner or the outlier where I don't I don't let people dictate my thoughts. I don't allow it. I don't care if you're black. I'm not letting you dictate my thoughts and tell me what I should think and what I shouldn't think. Go fuck yourself. Think for yourself. Be yourself. Stay in your lane. I know how to drive. I have a license. Most niggas don't. Niggas is bummy. And they worrying about the next niggas navigation. They can't even get on the road. (sighs) What about that? What the? It's like the same. it's It's like I always say. It's the same song and dance with some people, right? It's the same talking points. It's the same victimhood mentality. It's the same meaningless arguments. And the talking points go nowhere. Here at the Crimson Capsule Chapel, when I talk about politics, when I'm not talking about 304s, slurs, and modern day women, I want to make you think. I don't want you to think a certain way. I just want you to think. For yourself. And don't think because of what I say, right? Think of what I say, but not because of what I say. If the narrative becomes this whole thing where, which it is the narrative, people are being lied to. You guys have been lied to. Um, uh, those people who voted Democrat, the black, especially the blacks especially in the democratic areas, especially in um, areas like Detroit, um, areas like Baltimore, areas like Philadelphia, areas like New York City, areas like Los Angeles, California. Um, you have pretty much allowed your freedoms to essentially be taken away. When you voted Democrat 2020, you've participated in the corruption that we know that is the 2020 election. You have people, pretty much lifelong liberals like Joe Rogan say straight up, this election was rigged. Matter of fact, you have people like Joe Rogan 
who was never political to begin with, he would always talk about conspiracy theories. When I first listened to Joe Reagan, uh, Joe Rogan was when I said Joe Reagan, Joe Rogan, I think was like 2010, 2011. And he was just talking about um, UFC sometimes. And he would mention a lot of conspiracy theories. And he had a lot of people like Alex Jones on. And that was probably his best guess that he always has on because Alex Jones is far out, man. Like he's he's on another fucking level. People look at him as crazy, but then most of the things that this nigga was saying like 10, 10 years back, this nigga was cooking the whole time because everything has already happened. So all of the people that go, oh man, you know, Alex Jones is a conspiracy theorist. They're all going, he was right. Now there's people that say, I'm about to go Alex Jones. One of those guys on Fox, he's a jabroni. One of the jabronis on Fox, you know, the cookie cutter conservatives, they're just like the limousine liberals. They don't relate to the American people. Why do we allow people who have no relation to us, who have no understanding of what we go through as a people, why do we allow these people to run things? And why do we expect such different results from someone who cannot relate to the everyday working class American? Like crazy? And so he said, no, my wife owns the private jet or owned the private jet. Um, I forgot. I forgot if he said owned or owns uh, the private jet, which, which I found like laughable. So wait, your wife, you mean the both of you? Because if it's your wife, you're married. If you're married, then you're together. If you're together, then your purchases are together. So for you to try to separate yourself, that is laughable. No, I don't have a jet. My wife. Nigga's yelling this shit. Huh? This nigga was sounding like my cousin last night. This nigga was yelling. I'm like, damn, nigga, I'm recording, brother. Shit crashed. I already knew, like, once my shit crashed the first time, it just wasn't going to be good. Like, it just wasn't. Like, right now, I'm an hour and 40 minutes in. It's, like, almost 1030 at night. My shit hasn't fucked up once. But this guy talking loud as shit, Doc Rich. Shout out to Doc Rich. He black. You la- He loud, so you know what that means. He black. He black. Um, loud as hell and shit. My volume, I got to turn this shit up and down. It's getting very dicey right now. <laughs> that, that was laughable. You know, forget about the, you know, uh, awareness stuff. Like that, that is just loud. Like you try to separate. No, I don't own anything. My wife does. So you own it then. Because y'all are together, like, what? It just made no sense with that 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 statement, you know? All right, we're. Crazy. I'm blown away that he turned that John Kerry conversation into a five minute. It wasn't even a rant. It was just, yeah, these people are hypocrites, dude. That's the point I was trying to make. I was distracted. That was the point I was trying to make with Bernie Sanders, right? The thing I give Bernie Sanders credit for is. He exposed how many whites, white women especially, who were actually, who actually despised the country. They despised the Constitution. 
they despise true equality and true unity. They want to they want to divide and conquer. They want to bring this Marxist agenda to the United States, and they were able to do it through Black Lives Matter and through other means. And yes, the blacks were manipulated to become Marxists and communists. They weren't given the information. It's like how Thomas Sowell, we talked about Thomas Sowell earlier. It's like Thomas Sowell wasn't necessarily informed about socialism and about Marxism to really have that full understanding to not be a Marxist. But he learned eventually. A lot of people, if you're paying attention, so I'm about to wrap this episode up because this this isn't really going anywhere. Everything that I've been talking about, like this motherfucker has an earpiece with a Barack Obama, all the jokes I've been making up. Yeah, it's been happening. Surprise. I don't even like guys. It's not even to be egotistical because it's not like I have a million people listening. Right. But I predicted most of these things that I that I'm talking about today. In a jokingly fashion, I wasn't serious. So yeah, watch, watch, watch. You know, uh, Barack Obama have an earpiece and, and talk to fucking Biden the whole time and tell him how to run shit. A lot of people said that AOC had that, but I think AOC would have more or less had that with Bernie Sanders than anybody else. And back to Bernie. Bernie was able to get white people and black people to hate America or at least the white and black people that hate America that wants to like change America and by that meaning pretty much cause everything to crash and pretty much destroy what is America to create their regime it was it was at such an alarming rate I had people messaging me telling me that I have to vote for Bernie Sanders. You know, our lives depend on voting for Bernie Sanders. And it wasn't Bernie Sanders that I disliked at first. It was really the people that supported them. It's almost how they try to they try to radicalize like Trump supporters and shit. And Trump supporters aren't really like that. They just tell you that they support Trump. That's it. Now, if you ask why, they may get in detail, they may not. Now, the Bernie Sanders supporters are on another level. Like they're in a different playing field because they're fucking zombies. They're socialist zombies. This isn't Nazi zombies, socialist zombies. Imagine a Call of Duty with socialist zombies. Yo, Call of Duty, hit me up. We got money to make. We, we still got... We still got money to make. We still got games to put out. No more Nazi zombies. Let's just put that away. We got socialist zombies. What you do is you use areas like Russia because you already got Russia, Russian propaganda already in this country. Y'all have a hard on for Russia for some reason. You'll go to Russia and make the zombies like socialists and shit like Marxist, Marxist zombies. And then it's no longer Nazi zombies anymore. Socialist zombies coming soon, man. Infinite Wards, holla at me. We got money to make. If not, I'll just connect with uh guys off the grid. 
you got you got like one Asian guy. He's in the basement in his grandmother's house. He's developing a game by himself. Like you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> he's like, <laughs> and it's not like it's not like some grassroots shit. Like you know, basic shit. Like we're talking advanced graphics, animations, mechanics, all that shit, designed by one Asian kid, 14, 15 years old, in his grandmother's basement. Yeah. But yeah. Even today, like to me, it's to some to some extent, especially when it comes to these topics of, oh, is Barack Obama secretly running, uh, you know, the Biden administration and all this. Six months ago, seven months ago, other people, including myself, jokingly said that this was possible and this is currently happening. When other people are saying when when professionals and, you know, people who are reputable by what they talk about and what they research, when these people start saying it, now the alarms go off. And then people like me are just sitting back, arms folded, like, yeah, y'all niggas are idiots. I've been to about this shit. You know what I'm saying? I hate to be that person sometimes, but you just got to point it out. Like, if you make a valid point or if you say something that is a strong possibility and people look at you as if you're out of your fucking mind, it, it, it really shouldn't bother you. But it does. Right. Because it's like it's an ego thing. But it's also people judging you off of something that hasn't even happened yet. You're just having your thoughts and opinions about what could happen. All of a sudden it happens, right? When you go back to those people, and trust me, I do it all the time. When you go back to those people and you ask them, you know, remember that remember that time um, you disagreed about, you know, one situation or, you know, this current event. And they're like, yeah, well, you know, you heard about what happened, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, oh, they don't want to acknowledge the fact that you what you said that sounded bizarre, that sounds like something that's idiotic ended up being true. They don't they don't even want to acknowledge you say it. So even today, guys like Alex Jones and, and people that go, well, what about this guy? What about that guy? all these people that were right, they'll always come with some excuse or some way to discredit the people who were right about these things the entire time. Now, I never really was a victim of that. Um, I don't have, I don't have social discord with many people, but when I do, I, depending on who it is, I keep politics out of it. Depending on who it is, I keep race out of it. Not because of how I feel about it, but how, how other people could feel about it, how other people could react to it. And, you know, it is what it is. I think we're going to play the rest of this video. We're going to make this two hours. I'm just going to upload this shit, uh, tomorrow morning. Got a promotion from Deputy in the Obama era. 
National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan came out of Biden's office when Biden was Obama's VP. Acting De Deputy Secretary of State Victoria Newland, too, is an Obama-era retread, who was, of course, responsible for so many of the foreign policy failings in Eastern Europe that set the stage for Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine. And on and on and on it goes. But it's not just foreign policy. The division, the chaos by design, these are all hallmarks of Obama-era liberalism, and they're being replayed today. And indeed, the whispers around the idea that Barack Obama is basically running the show grew even louder when this happened last year. Barack Obama showed up at the White House. Everyone fawned over him. And the president, the actual de jure president, if not the de facto one, well, he looked lost. Again, it's circumstantial evidence, but it points to where the real center of power is. Because, never forget, Barack Obama has always been quite... You know what this reminds me of? I think... I think it was Tucker Carlson that pointed this out. And if it wasn't Tucker Carlson, I don't know why I have these two people mixed up. They're obviously different, but it was either Tucker Carlson, Benny Johnson, or it was Megyn Kelly. They probably all went through this clip. It was a clip of this event that was going on at the White House. Everybody's there. Everybody's talking. Obama's there. Everybody's surrounding Obama, right? And Biden is in the other side of the room, just standing there, just witnessing it, just standing there and just looking completely lost. And then there's another clip of him trying to go up there and, and, and talk to Barack. He even has his hand on his shoulder, you know, trying to get his attention. And everybody is just tuning Biden out. America, in a sense now, is tuning Biden out. And it's it was one of those weird things. As a matter of fact, it was Benny Johnson. Shout out to Benny Johnson. Because he was the one that was really big on this talking point as well, where it comes to this guy. It's like you reach a point where it's like, oh, there's no way in hell that this guy is the one running the country. You know, what I mean, so he was the one that was putting the bug in a lot of folks ears when it came to the thoughts of Barack Obama secretly running things behind the scenes. He's close to the White House, by the way. Just something to mention. Open about the idea that he could run the show, have a de facto third term, if only they could find the right guy to be the front man. People would ask me. Here you go. Knowing what you know now, do you wish like you had a, sec a, a third term? Um, and I, I used to say, you know what, if, if I could make an arrangement where um, I had a I had a, a stand in a front man or front woman and, and they had an earpiece in and I was just in my basement in my sweats mm. looking through the stuff and then I could sort of deliver the lines. But somebody else was uh, doing all the talking and ceremony. Wow. I, I'd be fine. Interesting stuff. Huh? 
Yeah, that's confirmed. So we'll end that just right where I wanted to end that. Just so people know, this is why a lot of us think that this is currently happening. Now, I think these people are egotistical enough to just tell you how things are secretly ran, but do it in a jokingly fashion. Make you think that, oh, that would be nice. That would sound nice. But with the things that are currently going on, and this is my problem with, I think, vice presidents running. It's nothing that, it's not to say that they shouldn't run. It's just, you, you kind of get a crash course into how a person really is. The best example for this is Mike Pence, right? Mike Pence is a traitor. Uh, Mike Pence is a turncoat. Uh, Mike Pence is pretty much three handshakes away from being a rhino Republican. So where he stands is he's a person with no personality. He's a guy with no leadership qualities, no traits. Nothing masculine about him. He, he's a fucking... There's pieces of lumber that have more personality and, 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 and characteristic than he does. Let's just be real. Let's be honest. Let's just be honest here, all right? Him running, people aren't interested in somebody like Mike Pence running for president. There's nobody, like, really. Really. He reminds me of sort of the old, out-of-touch Republicans. Like, they themselves lost track of what the Republican Party was. They lost track. It's the people who talk about these issues and who bring up these talking points that really keep this thing afloat. I don't think a lot of people realize it. It's not these peasants and fox. It's not these dweebs, weasels, low lives and rejects on CNN. It's not these pathetic, jabroni, curtain-jerking, jobber, part-time news reporters and MSNBC. It's people like you and me. It's the people who have free thought. It's the people who choose to go out there and say what needs to be said, regardless of how people feel, because fuck people's feelings. It's all about facts. It's logic over emotion. It's facts over feelings. And this is the raw, the real, and the red pill from a black conservative perspective but I'm ending off this monstrous episode close to two hours of raw, real, and red pills why? because it's Sunday night and my black ass don't gotta really wake up and do much until about 10.30 max so I'm about to go in the house and play video games for the next four hours I'm going to be going back to my World War One game, although I was playing WWE 2K23 earlier. Not bad. I beat the John Cena showcase thing. Not a fan of John Cena. But the funny thing was you actually go against John Cena in all of the, the storyline matches, which is genius, by the way. You play as people like Batista back in 2003 you play as Brock Lesnar back in 2003 going against old school thugonomics John Cena 
it is a it is a very entertaining game, but it's not as entertaining as old school classic smash mouth in your face World War One shooting game. Um, Asanzo, I want to say Asanzo and Verdum are pretty much. I, I'm starting to believe it's during the same time period, but the games are different. So they are both World War One games, but one game is the Italian front, and that's the uh, Azanzo um, game. And then Verdum is Verdum is the Western front edition, and um, it's a uh, it's a very violent game. You can actually put the gore and like effects to ultra. So when you shoot somebody and kill somebody, you still hear them screaming and and bleeding the fuck out. It's a very intense game. It is a very fun game. And I am about to get into it. So as I always say, in the meantime and in between time and until next time, Jersey Judah with another episode, another edition of the Crimson Capsule Chapel, just under two hours Tomorrow morning, I'll have something planned. Tomorrow afternoon, you guys know, Monday through Friday, nonstop, raw, real, red pills. But until next time, signing out. Peace.